Welcome to Make It Plain from Make Plain Jesus Ministries featuring Pastor James Bryan, where we take biblical truths in everyday situations and break them down to be as plain as possible. So stay tuned and enjoy the broadcast. So mm-hmm. let me ask you then, so you're, you're going through this phase and at some other point in time, you have a, a is it, was it a recovery totally until your next event? Or was it um, recovery mostly? How did that go? Okay. I was my my case study for my nutrition. Uh, I practiced on myself all the things that I would practice on a client. Uh And I earned my master's degree. Congratulations. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it took six years. But I earned my master's degree in holistic nutrition. And when I opened my business, I wasn't completely free of pain, but mostly, you know, I obviously was walking. Um, And a couple of years later, my pain completely disappeared. Wonderful. It totally went away. And it's very strange for CRPS to disappear. But God did that. God did that through good food. He did that naturally you know through natural remedies and uh praise god i it was miraculous in my mind that i didn't know if i'd ever walk again and uh but i ended up teaching sports nutrition at the high school and uh my kids it was so neat james because my kids were in that sports nutrition program so here are my kids who watched me struggle through life and be disabled and now they're watching me have my business right that's good and so they got to see kind of the the full circle of that and i was very grateful for that good good so yeah period of time where i had zero pain and every time i got in the car i thanked god that i could drive and go run an errand. Right. And you know, and, and it's so important because when people are going through tough times physically, emotionally in other areas too, um, it sometimes feel like you will never get out of it or have a moment of where pain goes away or, or discomfort goes away. But, you know, if you hold on long enough, then the Lord can do some wonderful things. And that's the part I like. Um, but your story isn't over yet because then nope. you've got some other things happening. So go <laughs> yep. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there's more. <laughs> so so tell us a bit about that. Your your business is going, now it's starting to grow, you're able to walk. And I'm assuming that at some point you stopped doing the water therapy altogether because the pain went away. Um, is that true? I I did it for as long as I could. Then they closed the therapy pool. And so there wasn't one nearby. Okay. However, there is one now um, okay. that's even closer. Okay. So, um, so I did hang on to it as long as I could because I knew that it was working and I didn't want to go back to where I was. Right. Right. So I did keep up with it for a long time. That's good. Um, and so, so you did all of that. You started your business. 
the Lord bless you to be able to teach the class and your kids went through it and, and they could attest, yes, everything she's saying is really true. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they can always tell anyone they come across now about what you went through. And things were getting better. And I'm assuming your husband stopped growing his beard at that point in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things yeah. were going much better. And he didn't he didn't have a beard and he, he was running again and fit and good. Kind of came out of, of that. And he just loves our kids, adores our kids. And so we would go and watch them play soccer every weekend. Uh-huh. And when you have soccer kids, you're you're gone all weekend watching games. Right, right. We enjoyed that for those years of reprieve. Yes. Good. And so everything was starting to come together. You were enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, something else happened. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So my oldest daughter is at the age where she's old enough to get married. So she's getting married and I'm at the wedding Um, and she had just left with her husband to go on their honeymoon and the cleaning crew got on it and I'm part of the cleaning crew. (laughs) And uh, so we're cleaning up and almost done. And I made my last trip out to the car to bring things to the car, ran back in because I forgot my dress in the facility so I ran back in. Of course, here I am running again, right? Wow, that's good. That's <laughs> Just really like good. the stairs. And I think I triggered a chair to fall that was leaning against the wall, a heavy wooden chair, oh, hit my ankle and re-triggered the CRPS in my oh, body. No. Oh, no. We thought it might be a sprained ankle. Well, others thought it might be a sprained ankle. Honestly, when that happened, I knew my life had changed for a long time to come. Wow. I just, I knew it in my soul. And I cried all the way home. And my youngest daughter was like, can we just enjoy the wedding we were just at? And here I am crying. (laughs) And my husband stops at a 7-Eleven on the way home to get Advil and ice we had to get ice for my ankle and my youngest daughter just didn't get it she's like can we just enjoy the wedding and I'm like you don't understand I can't stop crying I'm hurting so bad and uh so we thought maybe this would last for six weeks you know heal the sprained ankle is what the doctor said um however that wasn't the case and it's been three plus years since I've hardly been able to walk Wow. And so your mobility now, um, is it um, with crutches, a seat, a, a mobile scooter, or how are you getting around? I did try crutches for over a year and ended up giving myself torn rotator cuffs and bicep tendonitis. Oh, no. And uh, so I couldn't use my arms um, because they were just, they couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I use a scooter. And I can walk a little bit, Um, you know, before this podcast began, I went to go close the door, which was a few steps away. Right. I was able to do that, which this is a new development within the past six weeks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I can take a few steps to get to the bathroom so I don't have to use a commode. 
Mm -hmm. um, but I use a scooter to get around and then my husband pushes me in the wheelchair because my, of my arm limitations. Right. So I use a wheelchair to go out, which I don't go out that often. We go out to watch our daughter, you know, our, our daughter's daughter. And I sit on the floor in the same place on a exercise mat, watch my granddaughter. So my husband's always there with me because I cannot watch her by myself, mm -hmm. which is a heartbreak for me, but I'm also very grateful that I have a granddaughter. Right. That's good. So I use a scooter to get around. And the remarkable thing is this time around, I have soaked in more about God than I have than I did the first time around. Okay. Why is and, that? Um, it's a mixture of I was able to, I'm able to focus on him more than my kids because my kids are grown okay. and I don't have that, you know, gosh, I wish I could cuddle with them right now because they're not here right. and I can talk to them on the phone. So I think it's because space has been created for me and I do sit on that mat and I lay on that mat a lot to do exercises, but while I'm on there, I think. And these revelations just have come to me about all the gifts that God has given me in this suffering. Mm -hmm. Gifts that he could not have given me, not suffering. Right. And so that's what I wrote my book about was all the gifts that I feel like God has, that he gives us uh -huh. um, when we suffer and we all go through suffering. Right. So across the board, but. For instance, um, one of the gifts that I feel like he's given me is when I run out of perseverance, when I feel like I can't go on, where does that perseverance come from? Yeah. Yeah. When I've run out, of, when I'm, I've reached the end of myself. Right. Okay, so how do I go on? Well, I go on because God gives me perseverance right. and that's how I get through. It's not just magical. Yeah, that's right. It comes from him. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful gift. He gives me the next day. And that's how I can continue on day by day with this disability. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm ever going to walk again, but I know that God is going to give me perseverance for the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you were saying that you're not sure. I'm putting words in your mouth. Uh, you're not sure what that future holds about walking. Mm hmm. But the first time around, you didn't think it was going to happen, and it did. So mm -hmm. were, it was your statement now the same as it was then, and then he came through anyway? Or is this a different take on how you feel about your future? My husband believes I'll walk again. Mm -hmm. I am, honestly, I have come to a place where I am resigned. I am submitted, I'm surrendered to the fact that if I don't, then it's better for me because I choose to be close to God. And if that means being in a wheelchair the rest of my life, I'd rather be close to him because I know me. This is true for me that when I get so busy, I forget him and I don't put him first. Mm -hmm. 
And yes, I, I think, you know, he's, he's on my mind, but I don't spend quality time with him when I'm well, because I fill my schedule. And so God wants what's good for me. So if God allows this for the rest of my life and he's good, then he knows that this is good for me. I can't see it. I can't see the spiritual realm, but he can, and he's a good God and he gives us what is good. So I'm surrendered to a place where if this is what's best for me, I choose God. And does, does that, I know it does. So I'm, I'm giving you a softball question. Um, so does this sound like um, someone else in the Bible that had to deal with um, um, something in the side that he had to deal with on a regular basis? Well, Joseph had to. Um, Job had to. And then somebody um, had a thorn in their side. That's oh, oh my gosh. Paul, of course. Paul. <laughs> right, right. And I was thinking about that as you were talking. And the, the thing about the takeaway from what you were saying, though, is no matter what happens, ideally, yes, you would like to walk. But if not, what you choose more than anything else is to be closer to God, no matter mm -hmm. what. And, yes. and so regardless of your situation, you're saying, I, I don't want anything to take away from that. And that's a, that's a good, that's a good, um, I started to say spirit to have, thought to have, a heart to have. It's really a good way to say it. That you really, above all else, you just want your relationship to grow closer and closer to him. And mm -hmm. that shows how valuable he is to you. And, and that's a wonderful thing. I do obviously want to walk again but I want God more. Right. Right. Um, however, this is what I'm doing and I'm following kind of my husband in this and that is ordering our loves. Mm. And yeah. Augustine talked about that. C.S. Lewis talked about that. Mm -hmm. And my husband spends time with God every day before I get up and um, he puts God first. He's always put God first and I'm second. Then. Mm -hmm. The kids are third, mm -hmm. relationships are fourth, and work is last. Mm -hmm. And he really tries to live by that. And so I'm trying to follow him in this by putting God first and, uh, you know, him second. Mm -hmm. And Mark used to come behind the kids. I used to, you know, how I lived my life was I lived my life like I loved the kids more than Mark, you know. Um, but Mark comes second now. I've reprioritized him to where he should be. And by ordering our loves, if I do that, I'm practicing right now to keep God first. So my hope is, is that, yes, I hope to be healed. I'm resigned if I'm not, but I'm practicing if I am healed to still keep him first. Good. Good. That makes sense? It does. It does. Very good. And so for those that are listening to that part, especially, um, that's, that's very important, this whole ordering and making sure who number one is, and then from then on, and she did a great explanation of it. So think about that in your life also. Now, you, how, you are, how long have you been um, dealing with this? How long ago was the wedding? Um, and how many years has it been in, um, that you're dealing with the pain, the recurring and everything else right now? Sure. 
So it's been three years, a little over three years. Okay. The first two years were grueling, um, just like the previous time. Um, nonstop pain. Mark hardly left my side. And what ended up happening, so I couldn't walk. And so when you can't walk, you use your hands to move yourself. So I would move myself with my hands from the wheelchair to the chair, to the bed, so on. And my hands developed the CRPS. Oh, wow. wow. So I had the CRPS in my hands, in my feet, and in my sides that I could not get positioned to where I could be comfortable. So I was constantly moving, you know, trying to get in a comfortable position. And Mark would move the commode Wow. the portable toilet to where I was and he couldn't leave me uh, because I would always need something and then he would leave for a half hour and I was okay and then it was an hour okay. and I was okay so it gradually started getting better where I could become more independent my hands still hurt to this day three years later but still I was able to type a book um, right. with a little yeah. Um, so they're still usable, but I couldn't open a water bottle. I couldn't comb my hair. He had to do everything for me and I couldn't dry my own tears. Wow. Wow. So, so I, yeah. So, so let's do a couple of things here. So, yeah. So based on what you have said so far, you've given a great description of how you've gotten through this thus far. Um, what would you emphasize for listeners right now? Um, that may be going through either as a, a care provider or mm -hmm. the person who's going through it themselves, what are some things that you would strongly just want to encourage them with um, at this stage? Read your Bible. Okay. Because God, God's word is the key to living in faith. And yes, we need to pray to him too, but we need to hear what he has to say. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is filled with stories of suffering. And so we learn from the word of God and memorize it so you have it in your heart because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't hold a book. I couldn't hold my Bible. But what got me through was the scripture verses that I had memorized. And so I would say them over and over in my head. And sometimes there's a reason why God says, keep them in your heart, right. store them in your heart. Because there's a time that comes when you can't, when you get older, whatever, when you go through suffering, you need those words of his to be in your heart. Right. And so read his word, whether you're a caregiver in your suffering or whether you're suffering, uh, his word is the most important thing and never give up. Just a stepping stone is a stepping stone. It might look like a stride to someone else. Don't look at someone else. Don't look at their days and what they get done. If all you can do is take a stepping stone, something forward, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how small it is, it adds up. Yeah. So you're good. Just keep moving forward and don't give up. There's a reason. There's a reason why you're going through suffering. God always brings something good 
at the end of suffering. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that in his word. That's right. That's very good. Well spoken. Um, so tell us about your books. Um, they're definitely a labor of love, at least the first one. And I believe you have a second one, or is that a workbook? Tell us about it's that. It's a study guide. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I wrote, uh, it's called Beauty Beyond the Thorns, Discovering Gifts and Suffering. Like you talked, mentioned Paul, Paul had a thorn in his flesh. Okay. So I wanted to use thorn uh, in there because that kind of describes all kinds of suffering, no matter what kind you're going through. Paul had this thorn in his flesh. And who wrote the most books in the Bible? Who did God use to write the most books in the Bible? Right. Paul, despite his thorn. God had a plan for his thorn, and it was beautiful. That's where beauty beyond the thorns came, okay. is God has something very good planned. And we discover these gifts. Okay, so some of the gifts are the gift of compassion. You discover compassion when you're in need of some compassion. And my kids developed compassion towards other people by watching me be in a wheelchair and helping kids who were, were in wheelchairs at school. So it's a gift. Compassion is a gift from God that is given through suffering. Gotcha. Uh, the gift of forgiveness. You know, when my father was dying, um, we found a way to forgive each other in that suffering. Death was bringing that. So I have 30 chapters. They're all short. I know it sounds like a lot of chapters, but they, they are very brief chapters because I know people who are suffering often don't have a lot of time, you know, and that's what I learned. I could only sit up for a short amount of time. And so I wanted my chapters to be brief. And they are stories. They're stories um, of the Bi in the Bible. And I talk about my, you know, my sufferings, but I talk about other people's sufferings also. My husband wrote a chapter on caregiving. Good, good. And uh, I had another gentleman um, who works with Fellowship of Christian Athletes who is in a wheelchair. And he's the only one in the world with his condition. Wow. So I asked him to write a chapter. So his chapter's in there as well. Okay. And it's lighthearted. There's humor um, because a suffering book can be pretty down, you know, but it's not. It's people have told me they experience all kinds of emotions. They've cried. They've laughed. They've felt related to. So, um, you know, so it's it's not a serious book um all the way through there are, are uh, moments of laughter okay good, good and then the study guide goes along with the book okay i didn't intend to write a study guide it just kind of happened okay um, so that's separate from the book but they go together but you don't need the study guide to read the book right um, it just kind of brings it more towards personal healing, you know, personal is it for you so that you can see for yourself, your own gifts and suffering. Okay. Very good. And so are you thinking about writing another? 
Oh, yes. <laughs> my goodness. My first book, I thought my first book was going to be the book that that God helped me to write. I actually have most of it written um, when I was going through the beginning of my, my second suffering. And that is on the Lord's Prayer. Okay. And how it relates to the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. Good. And so that book is in the works. And then I have a book that I'm working on called Midnight Worship. Uh-huh. When Paul and Silas were imprisoned uh-huh. and they were had just been beaten and flogged. Uh-huh. And at midnight, they started worshiping. Right. And I've had a lot of sleepless nights and struggling. There's a lot of insomniacs. Uh-huh. And instead of you know, just feeling sorry for ourselves or, you know, trying to, to get through it. Why not worship? Right. 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 So, anyway. Good. Yeah. I'm working on that one too. Good. Good. So see the Lord's using you in a different light, light than you probably thought years ago that he would use you. And now you have tangible experience that you can apply the scriptures to and, and the things that, you know, you're saying that, well, even with worship, I know this and it means a lot more because I had to go through that. And so it comes across, I'm sure, very genuine and very powerful. So I'm happy for you. I really am. Thank you. Thank so we, what else are there? Any closing points or things that you would like to say to folks? And then at the very end, I also want you to say how they can get in touch with you. But is there any last minute, um, I would say, encouragement or thoughts that you want to share to whomever is going to listen to this podcast? Yes. When you feel alone, know that you're not alone. Um, There's a story in the Bible. um, Gosh, Hagar. Mm -hmm. Story in the Bible about Hagar. And she felt alone and misunderstood. And God met her in the desert when she ran away and he spoke to her and he saw her and she named him. She gave him a new Hebrew name, Jehovah Rapha, Mm -hmm. the God who sees. And when you feel alone and misunderstood, know that you're not alone. God sees you. And when you're in a place of suffering, no one else is going to understand you. They just they just can't enter into that space. We're not made to enter into that space. And my husband Mark does the best that he can, and he does a great job. But sometimes I'm alone. I'm alone with God, and those are the moments that you cherish because those are the moments where you spend alone with God, and it's a beautiful place. Yeah. And it's not dark. It's lightness. It feels like darkness, but He is light. Mm-hmm. And so know that God sees you. Good, good. Excellent. So I just want to say that I am thankful that I had this privilege to talk to you and and as you share your story and about what's going on and how God has worked in your life. So you are a walking testimony. You notice I used the word walking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you are a testimony that everybody can see. Um, So continue to do what you're doing because you really are a blessing. And I I hope that you continue to just be a, 
an encourager for other folks who are reaching out because he cares about every soul and every person so much. And he cares about how they're encouraged, how they're um, given that extra, like, look up here, it's better. And I think you're doing a good job of that. For those that are um, listening in, thank you for taking the time to listen to this conversation as we talked about trusting the Lord through suffering. And so he's there no matter what. And, and so that's what I like about this particular, I'm going to say story, but the accounts that um, Darcy has given. So hopefully this has been fuel for your life and that your life now can be lived more abundantly no matter where you find yourself right now. So until next time, may God bless you and we'll see you soon.